Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by Hunt Club, a new category of search firm that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to find you the best talent for your company. Their technology is transforming thousands of subject matter experts into the world's largest and most powerful talent network. And they've got 10,000 trusted industry leaders that refer top talent across the nation to exciting positions like you might have in your organization. You can message me for more information or you can go to huntclub.com and tell them that I sent you. I'm super excited to have Deepa Krishnan with me on the show today. And before we get to hear from her, let me tell you a little bit about Deepa, as I have greatly enjoyed getting to know her over the past year and and change. She's currently the co-founder and CEO of Spoonful, a company focused on leading what I would call the food as medicine movement. Deepa and her team have created a leading application that helps consumers increase their confidence and safety when they are making food decisions. And they're either selecting foods to eat based on health restrictions or maybe allergies or diet that they're on. Uh, We'll talk much more about her and the company's path on the show today. But as I was saying, I've just greatly enjoyed getting to work with Deepa over the last year as we are really excited to be an investor in Spoonful through Operate and get to work with uh, she and her team on almost a day-to-day basis as they're building this really cool company. She has a really strong background in software product and data, having previously worked in a couple prominent data companies. And we'll talk about how that has influenced the work she's done at Spoonful. She's a graduate of Princeton, and she also got her JD at UCLA. So we are both fellow Bruins, go Bruins. Deepa, it's great to have you on the podcast today. I am thrilled to be chatting with you, Carrie. Well, I gave a brief intro to Spoonful. So let's start at the beginning. I often like to to tap into that insight that an entrepreneur has that leads them to, to start down this journey. What was the insight, as you think back, that led you to start Spoonful? So... You know, a few years ago for me, um, I was in this interesting space in life. I knew that I was ready to start a company. I had met my co-founder, Sam, um, at our prior prior job, which was in one of those data startups, data companies you mentioned. And I knew that professionally, this, this was a journey I was ready to take. And then on the personal front, I started having really weird physical symptoms that were impediments I felt like to just what I wanted to accomplish, like just stomach issues. And I started getting some breathing issues and it it just was all super weird stuff that felt like it came out of nowhere to me. And so I started seeing several doctors and, you know, I I have MDs in the family. I've been, you know, very trained to respect and appreciate medicine in the sense that, you know, if you have an issue, don't try to self-diagnose despite, you know, my own, uh, my own Mm -hmm. issues with doing that. And so I, you know, I saw the GI, I saw the, actually the cardiologist, I saw him, I saw two allergists and all we could come up with was, okay, it seems like you've developed adult onset asthma. And 
that weirded me out. It didn't feel right. Uh, but I said, okay, sure, let's do it. Let's, let's see what I have to do next. And the traditional path is to go on a bunch of medication. And so I, I, I tried to do that for a very, very brief time. I was a terrible patient. You know, I, I just didn't want to do that. And so I started doing my own homework. Uh, I think this was actually probably because a doctor at some point said to me, you know, it actually sounds like you're manifesting food allergies, but you're not testing for food allergies. So you have environmental stuff, which I'd known all along, but this is something new. So I said, okay, well, maybe there's something else going on. And I learned about food reactivity. I started doing my own, my own, uh, online tests and, and really it, it was kind of a thing, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, food intolerance testing was starting to rise up. So I went through that process, went on an elimination diet and found my food triggers. And lo and behold, when I went off of those foods, when I eliminated them from my diet, I felt significantly better, like meaningfully better. And I think sort of prove the disbelievers wrong in that sense of like actually food can can really impact how you feel depending on your own your own physiology and so I thought okay this is fantastic I can you know largely get off the meds and I know how to live my life Uh, but that turned out to only be part of the journey because then it came the time to actually like live that lifestyle and Mm. you know eat a certain way and eliminate you know certain products and find more products and so the most frustrating thing to me was well, for me, I was able to get to a certain point of comfort um, with some parts of removing foods from my diet, but having to go like all this multifaceted, like let's avoid this and this and this and this got really complicated. So that was just that was just time consuming and annoying and it felt outdated. Hmm. And then the part that really irked me was how expensive it was. I just threw a lot of money away on like bad products because they met the need or so I thought. And I found them from Googling, you know, like finding a blog post and some random blogger recommended it. So why didn't I like it? And in that process, just wasted a ton of money. So that, that for me was the moment of something is, something is broken here or at least ripe for change. You know, there's a, there's a market for people who are, are changing their lives through food as medicine or for some, you know, variation of that. And they're struggling to figure out not just what to eat, but what's worth their money. And around the same time, Sam, my co-founder, he likewise went on the whole 30 and he had previously used and does use diet for his health. And we were able to just commiserate around the user problem and not just on how, you know, it's so difficult to actually fundamentally find these foods and the waste of money, but you know, how socially isolating it can feel to be the person who is so, you know, restricted on what they can actually eat that, you know, it creates social anxiety. It creates all these negative emotions, feelings of scarcity. And we thought, how cool would it be to, you know, we said we wanted to work together in something new. We said, I left this part out earlier, but we, we always had this notion of like, we want to do good, <laughs> like use our skills for good. Like how cool would it be to help all of these millions of people who we know after doing our research, we, we found out how big the market was. Like all of these people, if we could help them through our skill set and really view food as data, like that would be, that would be more than just a job, right? That would start to feel like a calling. And so mm. we, we aligned on that. Uh, and then we thought, okay, let's just like hammer out the solution. Let's work on this. And so, yeah, the insight was the personal journey and just being ready. Like, I think we were sort of ready for the universe to show that to us professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, having a great co-founder where we wanted to work through it together and, um, and iterate through the problem. Such a good uh, background. I think that that notion of purpose, the personal feeling and aspect and, and, relatedness that you had I'm sure guides you and Sam virtually every day as you think about though this 
you know, I, I, I think of food as, as I think I described it um, as like this powerful health solution. And I, th- I feel like we're really starting to wake up to that as a broader society. Do you think it's economics? Is it the beginnings of personalized medicine that we can sort of see and feel more than the current pharmaceutical industry recognizes at this stage? What, what is it that you point to and go, this is why this has such momentum behind it? Because I think we can all feel it. What, what, you know, how, how do you think about that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, when we started Spoonful, the term, this is just a couple of years ago, right? Like food as medicine wasn't used that often. Mm-hmm. I remember taking, you know, investor calls and, and using that phrase and I could, you know, I could hear the question mark behind the call. <laughs> what is mm-hmm. she talking about? Where is this like, you know, Marty in the West Coast, like what is this, this person talking about? Uh, but, you know, in the last several years, a lot of things hit, right? You're, you're right. Personalized medicine started to get, you know, more awareness and it's something people talked about. They approached their, their healthcare provider with like, sure, that's what you say generally, but what about for me? Uh, then around, I think it was probably 2018, right? When the opioid crisis hit and we mm. had all this awareness in the country on how much our, our system was dependent on, you know, over prescribing medication, you know, and that, that I think shed some light on, could there be some flaws in what we've been doing traditionally? Um, then you started to get, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, I can't profess to know why, but around the same time you see doctors start to talk about uh, what else could we help you do? Could we limit the medication we offer to you? Can we give you an alternative solution? Whether that was doctor driven or consumer driven, I'm not sure, but just that buy-in from the medical community was a big, you know, a big change where, Mm -hmm. you you know, you don't have to necessarily be on the fringes. Your, your doctor was like literally recommending that you make this change. Uh, So I think that was a big part. You also started to see a lot of celebrities turn to these Mm -hmm. diets, you know, plant-based got so much movement before plant-based, it was gluten-free. Right. Mm -hmm. But just this notion of like, you can change your health. uh, That, that, that was a big change when like, all these folks who we follow and we, we respect started to change their lifestyles. And then, and then, like I said, there's so many reasons, I guess I'd say probably the last one that jumps out at me is COVID. You know, we, we all as a world went through and are going through something really crazy. And, you know, food is a little bit in our control, right. Mm -hmm. Compared to so many things that are out of it. And just this idea that, you know, maybe it wasn't the quote unquote immunity diets <laughs> started to rise up, but uh, maybe those weren't the ones, or maybe they are, but there is just this more societal awareness of food being important for your health. And so all these trends just hit, you know, uh, and, and now it's just, it's so different. Like when I talk to people, just like I said, two to three years different, food is medicine is just, it's just this term that's thrown around now. And, and I'm so happy that that Spoonful is a part of that and has been a part of helping to bring that awareness to our own, you know, small extent to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so cool. So if you look back over 2020, it has been a, a strange year as you, as you highlighted, but you, you, you and Sam made a ton of progress. You added a bunch of users, you added a bunch of additional diets or, or filters into the product. Um, you know, as you think back at, over the last year, what's your highlight for, for Spoonful? Yeah, I mean, I think t- 2020, we got so much done from a feature and, you know, roadmapping perspective that 
I think we, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to find your team. It's a challenge to get into execution mode. It's a challenge to get over sort of the initial humps. But I think if I were to really be truly honest, I don't think it's one single thing. I think just knowing, you know, we mentioned Sam, there's also Joe, who's our founding engineer. And mm -hmm. the three of us just got into this great rhythm. Uh, it's not it's not super straightforward <laughs> to to put your lives away and commit to something. And, you know, there's emotional journeys. There's a lot that happens. And I think in that process for us in 2020, we found our rhythm. We, we really gelled as a team and we took something that was uh, truly just, it was a little bit more than an idea. We had, of course, we had, you know, even when we chatted, we had something out there in the world, but, you know, we, we saw our baby grow up a little bit. We saw it get more, we saw it get some legs. And I think that idea of like, we just, we, we took something that was just slightly more than a prototype and turned it into a product that users rely on. I think for, our, for me, that was the most gratifying, especially knowing the way we got it was through our team, mm. like becoming a team. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'll tell you one of the things that I always enjoy when, when I see, or when you share some of the user feedback that you're getting you are having a huge impact in people's lives and giving them that confidence that often people need when they decide to make a significant life change regarding their, their diet. Yeah. Share, share with the audience, you know, some of the types of feedback that, that you received, because that, that's gotta be super fulfilling as, as you talked about the purpose and the impact that, that you really want to have. No, no doubt. That is like the thing that, you know, brings you up from those dark moments, <laughs> those mm. challenges, because, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like, you know, that on the other side of this device, you know, the, uh, the other side of what you're building, like on the other side of your databases, right? Like you actually have a real human being who is, is using and leaning on you and depending on you. And that, that can create, you know, a lot of stress sometimes, but the flip side of that is you get such fulfillment. Uh, we get such fulfillment knowing that we've positively impacted and changed someone's life. So, you know, for example, some of the stuff we get is, uh, you know, you, you guys gave me my freedom back. Um, mm. You guys gave me my confidence back. Um, you've changed my life. Like I was, I was struggling until I found you. And, you know, all, I can't even, it, it, like it tears us up. Like we celebrate each one of those wins. I mean, we, we share the negative and the positive <laughs> the feedback, sure. but when the, sure. positive, the positive comes in daily, honestly, and, um, the, the moments of just the gratitude and, um, yeah, no, there's, there's some real gems in there and the, they really are the fuel, I think that, that helps us power through. Mm. I, I, that's that word, I think is the operative word fuel. Fuel. That, yeah. That we need, we all need that, right. We need that to just sustain us, especially, I mean, you, you mentioned this earlier, you, you know, it's a, it's a long term journey. It's not straightforward. Um, I often talk to entrepreneurs and, and say, you've got to enjoy the journey because the destination's not super clear. Uh, right. And so that, that's what I always appreciate is I think you, you just, you really are present and in the process and enjoy the, the work that's part of doing this. Yeah. The, the day-to-day -day functionality that, you know, the things we build, the problems we solve, it's all really interesting stuff. And I think that that alone would be satisfying. You know, it's, it's like having a really great job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you like mm -hmm. what you're doing, it's, it's really cool work. And then, you know, the, the user feedback, the, the thank yous and the, you know, 
the, the, the knowledge that you're not just acting in vain. Like that is like, like as I said, that is the fuel that gets you past uh, the tougher moments, the, the lows of entrepreneurship. And that's not to say that, you know, every entrepreneur is a B2C founder, you know, like it's not to say that everyone has that same particular fuel, but hundred percent agree that you have to find that thing that, that excites you and drives you, whether it is just the fulfillment of doing really cool work, which it probably, you know, could be, um, or is it the impact you feel like you're putting out in the world or, you know, just, you got to find that hook. Uh, and I think for us, it's some combination of both of those. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you mentioned earlier, you were at this place where you felt like, you know, I think I'm ready to go start a company. This is your first time as an entrepreneur, as a CEO. Correct. What, what yeah. have you learned about yourself through this journey? So that's a great question. <laughs> Tough one. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to reflect on, on how, how are things changing? What am I feeling? Who am I becoming? You know, am I staying true to what I believe and have believed? And I think, I think there is a part of me that, um, that is probably more, I always known I was stubborn. I mean, that that's true. Like I do have a side to me that can dig in my heels here and there. And, mm. and I, I try to work through that, but there's, I think that stubbornness sometimes helps in this world mm -hmm. because you get, you get just so many people telling you no. I mean, I, I'm used to, you know, I, I would be at Salesforce and, you know, I could get, I could get any meeting I wanted. I mean, I don't mean to sound that way here, but you know, I could, I could call sure. on, you know what I mean? You could, you could just, you could get the interest you want. You can kind of control the flow and in entrepreneurship, like you give up that that control, right? You, you, all you can do is just do your best and show up every day. And that, that stubbornness in me, I think has been actually that like, it's sometimes a super tiny voice. It shows up in different ways, but uh, it helps to sort of show you the path that you want to stay on despite all the evidence to the contrary, you know, despite in that moment, what feels like I should say all the evidence to the contrary, despite what like whoever you're in front of feels about you or your idea or your company, there's something in you that wants to keep going. So I think I have found that uh, for good or for bad, <laughs> mm. that, that I need to see this through or I need to mm -hmm. see something through when I start it, you know? And that, I think that's been, that has pros and cons, but I, I think it's definitely been revealed to me through this process. Mm. So I, I just always appreciate how. I mean, I, I would say, so I was just gonna say, I mean, I think, I think if I were just to summarize that, I, I know it's kind of a, it's hard to put how you feel about yourself out in the world, word, but like spoonful in so many ways was like the most impractical thing I could have done at that stage of my career. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was just entirely impractical. There, there's so many other paths that made a lot more sense, but yet it is the most fulfilling um, option I could have chosen. So balancing that and understanding who you are and why you do it and like, how are you going to keep going? I think, I think that's such an uh, important and it was just really revealed to me through this process. Hmm. So that's so good, Deepa, because I mean, obviously with me and, you know, we've, we've gotten to know each other a fair bit. Of course, I couldn't be more supportive of you taking the impractical approach because I, <laughs> I tend to be that similar impractical person. Right. Right. And I, but it is um, understanding your, your why, as you talked about and, um, just being reflective about it is, is so key uh, and, and to help keep you going. So it's, it's awesome. So as you think about our 
work together. You know, we we got introduced and and we got involved with you as as our studio. And you know, we want to be an investor in Spoonful and and support what you and your team are doing. But we're also going to try to be more involved as as the studio. How have you felt like that's helped at all through this process so far? Well, I, I think from our initial conversation that was way, way more and probably way different than you and I thought it would be when we, we walked <laughs> into it. Sure. Uh, you know, there was clearly um, just a vibe. Like we all kind of saw the world similarly and we got along. And from that initial conversation, I think uh, the support and understanding and just empathy and confidence that Operate has offered, this is just speaking about me personally, not Spoonful yet. Um, that that was like, like I said, when you're out there feeling like, are you making the right decisions? And I, you know, uh, I was going through some just personal conflict and thoughts in, in that moment when we met and just hearing you guys be like, stay, do like, just keep it, you know, <laughs> you, got, you got this. And, mm. and that from the get-go was like tremendously uh, uplifting. And, you know, I know that likewise, anytime, if, if, if I needed to, I could call you up, right? And I could be like, can you just chat me through this? Like, can you just help me stay positive on this? And I, I think that that support system for me personally as a CEO, you know, that that has been huge. And then from an operational perspective, you know, I know there's been so many times where if Sam and I just have a question or we just have a thought or even something we can't have time or space to explore, we can just, you know, ping you guys and <laughs> someone on the team you know, we'll really, uh, we'll really be there to lend a hand in whatever capacity you guys can do. And there's always some way you can help. Like you're, you guys are so creative and thinking of, of ways you can help us. So just it, it, yes, it's like an extension of who we are and knowing that there are people who have our back emotionally and it's functionally. But I think that, I, I think that type of, that type of support system is, is more than business. It feels almost more like a family. And mm. I think that, right. Like that knowledge that, these are really your people who 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 want to see you succeed, not just because they're investors, but because they genuinely they care. And I, I think that that comes through in all of our conversations, Carrie. I appreciate that. And and I think, you know, part of what we obviously are trying to do is find, you know, I, I use the term lovability, um, but we're we're trying to find the the lovable founders that can be. They're they're open to extending the family probably yeah. and to use your yeah. and and I think we we saw that so clearly with uh with you and and Sam and team when we first met so uh it's I think exceeded all of our expectations uh as well and just what what can be great uh, together right and it's that, that whole notion yeah. of we're, we're better together so that's awesome yeah uh, as you think about the you know, you, you were at this place where you're ready to go start something. You, you obviously started it. You're on your way. You're doing great. As you think about your operating principles that, that just drive you and, and help you and how you show up, how you make decisions, what, do, you, do you have those summarized at all? Um, I mean, I have them sort of ingrained. I think, <laughs> I think there, mm -hmm. there's a couple of things mm -hmm. that I, I know to be true. Um, one thing I really believe is that you have to stretch. Uh, you have to stretch yourself and you have to stretch others. So by that, I mean, you shouldn't be limited by what you or your team knows today. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, Sam was 
came in to Spoonful having run marketing teams. But then, you know, at Spoonful, he's done so much more. He started doing some front end dev. He got really in on, into the design process and user experience. And for him, you know, that that's fantastic. That's something that maybe he didn't know how to do when he walked in. But now, I mean, he's the best. And for me, it's not like I knew how to be a CEO. <laughs> you know, I, mm. I knew how to lead teams, but this is an entirely different skill set. And so, you know, we both and, and even Joe, you know, Joe came in having done a specific type of dev. And, and now, I mean, he picked you know, mobile and he's a full stack, you know, he's our guy on, mm -hmm. on anything and everything engineering. So I think this idea of like, you don't have to find the expert, just stretch yourself and stretch your team. And, you know, people will let you know when they don't want to stretch anymore. Right. So that, that mm -hmm. idea of like, but mm -hmm. let people grow into who they want to be. And I think, and, and do that for yourself. I think that's been really important for us as an organization. Um, I think relatedly, you have to trust your team. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think that that's not always easy. And of course, like there's moments where you're going to disagree. And, um, but, but the reality is, you know, you and I, I think we've talked about this before, like we, we, it is a team sport, you know, and we all grew up, we grew up, you and I have grown up playing sports and I, I do believe that the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So, you know, what we can do individually is just, you know, outsized by what we can do together. So you just got to, you got to have that team mentality, even in moments, you know, when you want to do it, right. That's challenging, right. Like you, you got to, got to distribute. And, um, and I think sort of the last thing is a sense of respect. Uh, I have been in plenty of organizations where you meet that person who is just a prick. Um, and culturally the best organizations I've been in actually stop that you know, just don't encourage or allow that behavior. Mm -hmm. And obviously the workplace has changed, right? In the last five or 10 years, but, you know, just, just be respectful to, to other people, to each other, but then also yourself, you know, like know your limits. Um, for me, for me, respect means, respecting myself means I do strive to have balance and, and see joy and have fun. Like, I think this thing is supposed to be enjoyable. <laughs> so to try mm -hmm. to try to make, try not to let it just feel like work. And when it feels that way, take a moment away. Um, so yeah, I think I think those are probably the two or three things that, that guide guide me daily and how I think about spoonful. Thank you for sharing this. So so meaningful, I think, for people to to hear that. Uh, and so that, that's so good. As you, you think about, you know, and, and I know we've talked about this a fair bit. This notion of build, and, and I think you you and Sam exude this building a product that users love, building that community around it that I think you've been committed to and continued to cultivate. And then at the same time, building a business, you've got venture capital investors that have this high growth expectation. How do you think about finding that right mixture there? It's, it's a lot to balance. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of, uh, of people and, and opinions and perspectives in play, but the guiding principle, the guiding light has to be, are we actually solving a user problem? And that, that is number one for us is, you know, are we solving a real problem that the user has? And then I think the related question that we've been exploring is, well, can we actually, you know, turn the problem inside out and, and turn it from a problem into something that is almost enjoyable? Mm. And in, that, in our case, you know, that meant, you know, we, we could functionally tell and help people figure out what to eat. Um, but how do we make that more? You know, we, we talk about community for us. 
you know, as a support system in Spoonful. Uh, but the reason we want to provide that support, just to answer your question about like community versus user versus investors, um, is because we think it will, like, why is community important? Yes, it gives you support, but why is that support important? It's because we want to help you feel this opposite, of emo opposite emotion of what you may have felt before Spoonful. Before Spoonful, you may have felt scarcity and isolation and just sort of like an inward sort of closing in, right? And we want to give you a sense of abundance and mm. options and choice and, and community is part of that, right? So they all, they all kind of work together, but ultimately we're really just trying to take this tricky, tricky thing for people, for people with chronic conditions, it's super hard to stick with their diet. How can we make it something that is like somewhat enjoyable, hopefully, hopefully more than just somewhat enjoyable, but with the end goal always being, can we help you stick with your diet so that you can feel and get better? Um, and our hope is that the right investors will see what we're doing and, and will under, appreciate the problem we're solving and understand how many people have started to rely on Spoonful and will rely on Spoonful in the future. And, you know, if we just focus in on the user, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that, that is what the product is. It's to help the user and hopefully everything else follows from that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that, that that perspective is so key. And I think that we've seen with a lot of really successful companies that that even narrow user obsession in solving a real problem, delighting them, supporting them will increase the size of the overall opportunity beyond what most of us looking at it initially can ever even imagine. Yeah, I think it's at the end of the day, it seems kind of obvious, right? Like you have to focus on the user and, but it, it it's really tempting to deviate from that. And so we have yes. to check ourselves sometimes too. You know, okay, why are we doing this? What will this benefit? And getting to the heart of what does a user need is a whole nother podcast, right? Like that that's, that's not as obvious as it would seem either. Mm -hmm. But But when given, you know, investor, you know, capital, I guess, forget investor, the capital, versus what's right for the user, we skew towards the user. And, and you know, I, I hope we can keep doing that. That's, that's really with the right folks on board, with the right investors, I think we can. Um, and, and, and in the ideal scenario, they're not that far apart. <laughs> you know, hopefully, that's right. hopefully what's good for one is good for all. That's right. So uh, along those lines, you've been starting to have conversations with the next round of mm -hmm. potential investors How's that experience been for you now? You know, it's been well over a year that you and team have been heads down just building and, and expanding. Uh, how, how have those early uh, conversations been? I mean, we started last week, as you know, and they've, they've been great. I, I think I, I now really understand the idea of how it's it's really hard to raise funding without traction because I compare where we are today, which is with great traction, with where we were when we took in those first couple of checks. And it, it's such a different experience. You know, the first couple of checks, especially the first one, uh, we were raising off a deck, <laughs> the proverbial mm -hmm. deck, literally, and, and a concept, a theory, and the product we were pitching. I mean, I, I at some point want to show it to you. I mean, it's ridiculous how, how different it was mm. from what we've built today. At, uh, same theme for sure. We always wanted to be in this idea of food reactivity and and figuring out how to feel better through food as medicine. But just you know what the product manifested as was, as was very different. And so 
I, I think that's, that's, a, that's a select world where some people will come in at that stage. But the, the reality is this time around, because we have the product, we have users, we have you know, traction, we, have, like we just have so much more in our court. Uh, I have found the process to just be so much easier. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, as I said, we're still early into it, but just really positive signals so far. That's awesome. So we're into 2021 now. What, what do you feel like the big items on the agenda for Spoonful are this year? So we have, uh, a couple of different themes we're playing towards. Uh, we want to keep building on community. You saw, you know, that we recently launched our reviews functionality so folks mm -hmm. can review products. We want, we want to keep building on that idea of, of users helping users. Uh, we also, because Spoonful is all about product discovery, uh, we'd love to get to the point where we can use our data and leverage AI to push out recommendations to users so they don't, we can proactively make suggestions on what they could eat that meets their diet and that you know, eventually we'll also build upon the concept of reviews, so highly reviewed. Um, and the last thing is we've gotten a lot of feedback on combining diets and getting to more personalization in the sense that someone wants to be both low FODMAP and gluten-free on Spoonful, or they mm. want to be vegan gluten-free, or you know, they want to just add more layers to who they are, which makes a ton of sense. So we're going to work towards that as well. So um, quite an aggressive set of <laughs> things you want to accomplish, mm -hmm. but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and yeah, I think it's just continuing to, and, and then I guess the last one, which is, I guess, more than three, this is four now, but getting into additional diets, right? Getting that sort of part of the ability to combine diets is adding some more. So getting ourselves, we're, we're currently in low FODMAP, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian. And so we want to layer in a couple more of diets so that we can just make the app, you know, useful for even more people. Hmm. So as you look ahead in this movement, which I think the, the food as medicine movement is only going mm -hmm. to continue to pick up momentum. How do you think about Spoonful's place in that world? I, I would love, so there's sort of what I would love versus what's practical. So like, I, I would love for Spoonful to be leading the charge um, on helping folks understand what food as medicine means and, and, and having us sort of spread the gospel about why food as medicine is so awesome. Fundamentally though, we're a startup with limited resources and we just can't spend our, our capital that way. But we wanna be there definitely supporting the folks who are doing it and, and helping in our own way to get the word out. Uh, we just unfortunately can't be the driver of that right now. So where I see us is, as I said, championing that whenever we can, but then also when, when, spoonful, when uh, food as medicine comes up, when a doctor, recommends that you need to change the way you eat. That's where we want to be. We want to be right there, ideally, in the doctor's office mm -hmm. being recommended alongside. Because right now, you know, before Spoonful, you know, people are being told you should eat a certain way and then being left completely on their own, you know, just left to, to go online and try to figure out what that doctor actually meant. And what is that one sheeter that you were handed? How does that translate mm -hmm. into real life, into action? And instead of just folks getting that one sheeter, we have love for doctors to start saying, oh, you know what, You're, I'm recommending you go on this diet and here's how I can help you stick with it. You know, here, here's how I can make your life easier. You know, use this app um, and, and you'll see you can do this. And so being in that supporting role, uh, helping people stick with their diet, you know, right there at the moment of, you know, recommendation from a physician, that's where we would love to be. Hmm. 
So cool. Well, I think the other exciting part is just all the, it's, it's amazing as we think about it, how many different food decisions we face on a day-to-day basis and to have that support system, as you described it there to just create that sense of confidence and safety and community around it. You're, you're not alone. Um, you can, if you you feel like you're going to relapse, if you feel like you're confused, I mean, there's just so many, uh, elements to it that I feel like have not been addressed. 100%. Yeah, no, there's so many moments where you want to figure out what to eat. And, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, we're currently focused on the grocery store, but it's not just the grocery store, right? It's when you're mm-hmm. at home cooking, it's when you are at a friend's house for a dinner party, it's when you go out to a restaurant, it's when we're back in the offices again, and it's grabbing an office snack, you know, there's just so many moments where, for somebody who needs to be careful about their diet, where they could do something unintentionally that could harm themselves. And so just making it easy, seamless as best we can using data and community um, to really augment the power, like the, to augment the knowledge and expertise of dietitians. Because one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, Spoonful was built with dietitians. Mm -hmm. We we don't do this Mm -hmm. on our own. So, you know, it's just the fact that not everybody can afford a dietitian. Not, we think, we think they're fantastic. It's just, they're not as accessible financially to everybody. And so, well, you know, if we can take that expertise and we could spread that and grow that through tech and through community, uh, then yeah, we could, we could help you at every moment of those food decisions (laughs) that that you're Mm -hmm. going to inevitably make and, and, and therefore make your life easier. So good. So Deepa, we're starting to come up against time here. One of the questions I'd love to ask my guests as I am always trying to, to learn how others uh, do this, how do you keep yourself sharp and, and innovate yourself? <laughs> I mean, do I? No, I'm kidding. Um, I think, I think the, real, <laughs> the, real, the real way um, I've always done it in the past is I, I do believe in trying new things and taking on new challenges. And you can tell it's spoonful and, and, and reinventing yourself every couple of years. I think it's important to get a little uncomfortable um, and put yourself in a challenging situation. So that could manifest in different jobs, uh, different functionality. You know, I've, I've worn legal business development product and now CEO hats. Um, and you've done, I know you've done right there with me. A few <laughs> things. A few things. <laughs> a few things on your, even just like today, what you have on your agenda, um, on your plate. But yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just changing things up for yourself on a macro level when you can, when it makes sense. Um, I think along that same theme, I try to learn something new every day. Uh, that could be as simple as a new recipe. Uh, it could be, you know, going out with my kids and learning how to skateboard. Uh, mm. it, it's really just zooming out of your day-to-day life and, and, and seeing the world for what it is. It could be even a conversation with a friend where you learn something new, but just this idea of like what, what we know, what I know is so, so, so small compared to what there is to learn and mm-hmm. keeping that perspective. I think that keeps me as sharp as I, as I can be. And then I think the other, the other piece for me, and this is probably, I don't know if this works for everyone, but this is my thing. Um, you know, I, I, my life is really full right now. I've got two kids who are in distance learning, you know, I've got my husband in our household, you know, we've got obviously the startup it, it's chaos and, and crazy in a great way, but it's a lot. So one of the things I've been intentional about is actually disengaging a little bit. So 
Um, you know, it's, it's probably the opposite of what people would say to stay sharp, but for me, it's just turning my brain off, whether that is through, you know, it could be through exercising, it could be through meditating. Um, lately, I've been playing around with journaling, but just, just turning the brain off because for me, I'm constantly, I was actually just talking to my husband about this last night. I'm constantly like solving problems in my mind. Mm. <laughs> it could be mm -hmm. like, it could be as simple as like, how am I going to get the kids to show up sure. on time for class tomorrow to as complicated as, you know, okay, when we go for that next round of funding, what milestones do I think we should be at? And so, you know, that, that idea of just like turning off to be your best so that I can be sharp, um, is something that I've been really experimenting with lately. And I think, I think it's really helping me out. Very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So we're, yeah, no doubt. last question, when you think of an entrepreneur, you're, you're now fully immersed as one, as you think of an, an entrepreneur who's, who's earlier in their journey, they're starting to uh, think about building this company ultimately What's the mm -hmm. one area that you think they should primarily focus on? So someone who's just starting out? Mm -hmm. um, just what area of the world you want to have impact on? You know, you can't, you can't solve every problem. Mm -hmm. You can't change everything. But what do, you, what do you recognize that's broken in the world or that can be improved where you can really lend a hand? Um, and you could stay, and I, I, I'm sure so many people before me have said this part, but it has to be something you could stay with for like a decade, you know, like mm. what's the challenge that, you know, if you were to fast forward your life, you could be like, okay, I'm still excited by this, <laughs> you know, 10 mm -hmm. years later. Mm -hmm. um, and I will feel like if I helped here, like I, I left my dent, I left my mark in this world. Um, so yeah, I think it's really identifying what you think is broken and what you could motivate yourself to keep solving day in, day out. Good. That's a great great perspective. Deepa, thank you so much for sharing that and for joining me. Uh, I always get super fired up every time we chat because you just your passion and your presence are always just super inspiring. So thank you. We're uh, thank you so much. I, I have so much fun every time we get in these conversations. It's like it's a joy to I said to take a step away, right? And to uh, appreciate all we are doing and trying to do and what the chances we are given here. So I appreciate the opportunity for you and I not to chat business right now, but to actually chat, you know, sort of holistic perspective on things. Thank you for asking all these great questions. Absolutely. And I am so happy and excited by our partnership and just so proud to uh, be able to be a small part of everything that you're doing and grateful that uh, we, we've developed this partnership and this friendship. And uh, thank you for, for being part of the Operate podcast as well. Super fun. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Yes, we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.